everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Comic Talk, the podcast. My name is Jesse Rivera, and today is Monday, September 21st, and this is episode number 72 of Comic Talk, the podcast. And today, our guest, all the way from the Bay, Mr. Austin Carr. Remember Austin Carr? He was in Sacramento a few times a while back with uh, Talking After Sets took place at the Sacramento Punchline. The first one featured uh, Alfonso Portello, uh, Emma Haney, a bunch of other funny people. Uh, the second one had Johnny Taylor, Rachel D. He gave me a guest spot on there and it was a great show and it went down with COVID. I'm sure it'll be back, but it went on hiatus with COVID is probably the better thing to say, right? It went on hiatus when everything went on hiatus with COVID. He was getting ready to do the one-year anniversary show, and I'll let him tell you all about that. I'll also let him tell you about the concept about talking after sets, how it got started, and where he was going with it. He's also going to talk about what he's been doing, biding his time since talking after sets uh, went on its little hiatus, and we're just going to catch up. I haven't seen him in a really long time. Uh, he gave me a guest spot, shoot, I want to say it was probably January, February, and he comes up uh, a day or two before and starts canvassing the city, you know, putting flyers out, grassroots movement type stuff, you know, just putting tickets in people's hands, and we hit a bunch of open mics one night. Him, uh, myself, and Carolyn Martin hung out one night, hitting up mics and getting some good street food. We had a good old time. He's a good dude, and I really enjoyed catching up with uh, Austin Carr on uh, this past Saturday morning via Zoom. Um, I just want to talk about uh, in, the, in the weeks to come. Uh, this week, uh, this next week, we're going to have uh, Jessica Roberts, or is it Jessica Eagleson now? I'm not sure what last name she goes by. Local comic Jessica Roberts is going to be on the show. The week after that, I'm going back to my roots. I'm going back to Bakersfield via Zoom. I'm not going back there until Christmas, I think. But via Zoom, I will have uh, uh, Deidre Patrick of uh, DD Fine Arts. And then the week after that, I will have uh, Beth and Sammy of uh, uh, Revolution Vintage uh, from Bakersfield. They're doing a really cool project where they're pressing uh, old Bakersfield bands onto vinyl. And I have got a list of bands that I would love to see pressed on vinyl. I already pre-ordered my copy of Mission Tonight. So I'm super looking forward to that, uh, talking to them and talking about Bakersfield and the Bakersfield music scene, man. The Bakersfield sound is amazing. Very proud of that town that I come from. And uh, even though I don't go back as often as I should, I still fondly remember how many great nights of music uh, I got to witness in Bakersfield and when I go back. So enough about that. That's what's coming up in the future. Today is now. This is now. This is episode 72. This is Austin Carr. I'm Jesse Rivera. I hope you're having a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Check out the episode. I still don't, I still don't trust the record on this computer or record on the cloud. I'm like, on the computer. I want to see it. Never the cloud. Yeah, I, I still don't. I'm not going don't. up there. Yeah, I don't know what's up there. Um, 
Austin Carr, how the hell are you, buddy? What's going on, Jesse? It's good to see you. It's been a minute. It's good to see you, too. You know what I always wonder, like, with, with my friends like you, yeah, I'm always, I, like, my first thing I wonder is, like, does that guy cut his hair yet? <laughs> no, it's a mess. It's down to my collarbone, and it's just frazzled. It's it's awful. Man, I I wish I had the, the patience to grow my hair long, but once it starts getting warm, um, I can't no. take it. Yeah, it's all over you it you you're on top of yourself like you're pinning yourself down uh -huh. and then yeah without a haircut it looks shitty it's like you think you look like aquaman but i look like some creature from the bay <laughs> i don't see how girls do it man like i, I commend them like they, i guess they just never they just always like the higher pain the tolerance <laughs> yeah they definitely the chicks are definitely tougher than us definitely oh, yeah. Sorry, I got my screen over here, so I'm looking at you, but it doesn't look like I'm looking at you. I, I do the same thing every time. Like, um, when I watch the podcast back, uh, when I'm editing, I'm like, why did I do that? But if I sit back, just, I can get both. It's, it's just, just such a stare at the camera. I it's just such a hard habit to break. Yeah. yeah. Do you do two monitors then? Or you've got one monitor. Um, I've got a, a gaming monitor over here, but this is like where I do my, my desktop browsing and all that. So you were a gamer. You're a gamer then. A little bit here and there, just like in my free time. I mean, it's quarantine, baby, so I went back to it. I had quit cold turkey. I was, like, heavily <laughs> addicted for a while. I was one of those, like, World of Warcraft during class kids. Okay. So yeah. it seems like it seems like the gamers were a little bit more ready to transition over into the Zoom era. So they say, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that applies to me. But okay. I've been gaming. I've been having a good time. That's great. That's great. Um, so, obviously, I met you um, – when uh, I went to go watch a uh, talking after set show at punchline and I went to the first one at punchline and it was so great. Oh, look at that. Long live talking after sets. It was so great. And I, and I thought the concept was so good. And it was always like, it was something that was like kind of right up my alley. Cause I was already doing a podcast and uh, mm -hmm. I grew up just like listening to, I, even before podcasts were popular, like I always listened to love lines yeah. And then, and then from there, like kind of podcasts kind of birthed through like Adam Carolla and the, and the Adam Carolla podcast network. Yeah, uh, like now, like you say podcast and you immediately think Joe Rogan, you know, mm -hmm. but you know, before Rogan, we had Carolla and, and he kind of spawned a lot of that. And uh, I went to check out talking after sex and it was great. You want to talk about that, how that got started? Yeah, man. I, I, I loved that show and I loved that whole endeavor in comedy and starting your own show and and originally i wanted it to be a podcast but because it's a live stand-up show as well um some of the comics didn't want to release their material online before they're ready and i wanted to be respectful of that you know and, Got it. and um so i went through a couple different like scenarios that i want to like edit ev everything heavily to where it was just like the riffing portions because basically the show is um you have four or five comics uh they come up they do their material and then they join a panel and kind of assemble at a panel over time as they do their sets. And then we have the full uh, lineup on, on stage at the end of the show. So we're bringing the green room to the stage. And uh, I thought about condensing like the riffing portions and releasing that as a podcast or some sort of like digestible content online. But I decided to just keep it as a live experience because it was so much fun to come hang out. And uh, that's where it was like, it was kind of a podcast mentality starting it, but also like, I love those shows green room with Paul Provenza and, um, comic to, uh not comic talk that's what we're on right now um <laughs> thanks <laughs> yeah we're, we're getting a free plug right away but yeah. i love your show I, i've been keeping up with this and I, I just love the idea of comedians talking like i loved 
um, Carson bringing comics over to the couch and, and just that moment when you got to see not only what they prepared for you, but um, what's right underneath the surface and, and who they really are. Yeah. You know, that other, sh- that other show, not Greener with Paul Provenza, but there was one more. Where it was like sure. five, six comics on Comedy Central hanging out. I'm trying to remember. I'm blanking. Uh, that's all right. I, I really like what you said about bringing the green room to the to the stage because, like, so many times, like, you, like you'll go to a show, you don't always have a great set. So it's mm-hmm. not always your set that you're thinking about on the drive home, oh, or yeah. it's not always your set that you're talking about the following week. But what you're always remembering and what you're sharing with the other comics and what is so hard to share with the people who aren't comics is what that energy was in the green room. And a lot of times how much support is in that green room and how much like riffing and a mm. uh, little bit of hazing. Oh yeah. Uh, all of it. That, that goes on in that green room. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, that was like the, um, again, the, the thought that went into it was like, like you said, sometimes you don't always have the best set. And so this gives an opportunity of redemption for the comics where now they can hang out on the panel and get some like some riff and momentum back in it. So the night's not like totally a loss for them. Or, right. you know, even if it is like they have a bad set, you can go up and talk about it and get some self-deprecating laughs that way. <laughs> um, but it also is more like if you do well, so many times like you go out and you see a show and there's like, who was that? That comic that was, they were so funny and now they're gone. And rather than them being gone in the back of the room, now they're on stage for the rest of the show. And after the next set, they might have an opportunity to chime back in and, and give the audience a little more. So it's just you know, trying to deepen that connection. That's very true, right? Like, uh, especially like comics that go up early in the night, you kind of forget about them. Um, yeah. By the time the headliner comes, the headliner just comes out and just kills. And it's like, you forget about the, the opener that, that got like seven minutes or five minutes, but that that is great and you brought up something too that that um me being a, a, a an older guy and uh having grown up watching johnny carson is that you know whenever you see these interviews uh there, there's a, a jerry seinfeld doc called standing up mm-hmm. and they they spend a lot of time talking about um what it was like the first time johnny brought them back to the couch talking about johnny carson because it wasn't guaranteed that you were going to get called back to the couch. It's like every comic that went out there. Right. Yeah. Oh, and can you imagine that feeling of going up and, and just giving it your all and then not getting the couch. Right. And like going up, like being like the second or third time on Carson and not getting the couch. There's, there's a great scene in that documentary where they each, they each go, all of them immediately will tell you exactly when it was that Johnny invited them back to the Mm -hmm. couch. And what like what it meant to them, and you, and you can see like the the what you got called back to the couch your first <laughs> time, or like I never got called back to the couch, you know. I've never been, yeah. Yeah, it's great. You know what was amazing too about talking after sets? It seemed to get traction right away, like, or, or did it take a while? And I just noticed it when it got traction. How did it? I, like, how quickly did you go from concept to punchline? We had. Um... I had one one year of, of doing that show, and oh. we were, I was about to get to the one year anniversary. It was going to be on uh, March 29th, right when the when everything shut down. Um, the first show was March 31st of uh, 2019, and we did that one at Cobb's. Um, and it was really just I, I asked the GM for a, a rental agreement. I asked if I could, you know, you you can do that at any club. You can go and and rent out the club right. for a night, and I just you have to pitch them a at most clubs you have to pitch them on the concept of the show and, and justify that it's going to be worth their time to rent it out to you. 
Um, and for whatever reason, yeah, after that first show, it just it seemed like it made sense. Um, the comics really enjoyed it. I loved it. Uh, the people in the audience enjoyed it. And so it just seemed like something that people wanted more of. Mm-hmm. And um, because we had done that first one at Cobbs and, and the Live Nation umbrella, it was easy enough to get over to Sacramento Punchline. The biggest concern with that is like being a San Francisco comic. Um, I didn't know if I had like people that would show up in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like just far enough away. Um, yeah. But I would I would go out like three days, four or five days before the show and just like grassroots case the area with a bunch of flyers and go to Starbucks and uh, talk to all the baristas or whatever and hand out, you know, just uh, try to get the word going. I remember for, I would like a couple of times I would go to a drive through and buy the person's coffee behind me and be like, yo, give him a ticket. <laughs> I have no idea if that worked. I have no idea if that worked, but. But it, it's, it's innovative and it's, it's, it's old school and it definitely is grassroots. We got the word out and we had some fun. We had some people that showed up and we had a good time at SAC. Yeah. And I will definitely vouch for you coming out early uh, and, and, uh, and, and uh, promoting because we hung out one night. Uh, we hit mics. Yeah, yeah, we hit some mics. Was it the night after, the night before? I don't even remember, but I think it was the night right before. Yeah, we we hit we hit a bunch of mics, and uh, I went and got myself very humbled at a touch of class playmakers. Yeah, me too, dude. I was it was not the warm up that you always want, which is you know, but maybe it's the warm up we needed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This game we all bleed in this game. Yeah, definitely Comedy is the great equalizer. It's the great ego death. Yeah, I, I love I love going to touch a class, uh, not because I do great there, but because I love the realness of that audience, man. They, mm-hmm. they, it, that's like that's like a showtime at the Apollo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's one of those things where they're going to let you know how you're doing. Yeah, and I like that. That's yeah. like, you know, because you could go to the rooms where you know you're going to or where you think you're going to do well and all that. But um, Tony Sparks was one of the people that got in my ear about, um, he's like, as soon as you start to get comfortable in a region, that's when you got to go to the next neighboring town and start trying to conquer that area and establish like a hub of fan base if you can. Um, so that was why I wanted to come to Sacramento. And it's why we, why we go out to places like touch of class. It's not because we know we're going to fucking kill it, but it's just because it presents the challenge of trying to conquer some new area and earn some new fans or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. And I've heard comics, uh, like established comics say that, you're not supposed to go out and kill every night. But if you're going out and killing every night, you're you're not being true to the to yourself or to, to, to the craft. It means you're you know, you're kinda you're playing it safe and you're you're not taking chances and you're not taking yeah. risks and you know Yeah. It's like a top forty DJ can play like all of the best top hits and everyone's gonna love it, but like, you know, slip in a B side or slip yeah, in a where are the gems? Yeah, exactly. And so uh the comedy is a lot like that um i feel it yeah what was it like dude because like um like i I was i was going great with comedy i I was really happy with where i was like i think at that point i was about 14 months in 16 months in um from having started and i i was getting shows here and there um it it was going okay I, i was really happy with it and i was ready for the for the next steps i was working hard and I know your your show was doing great, and then, boom, just thought like, yeah. what was that like, man? Uh, dude, I mean, I'm sure everyone has has sung their woes about this, but I remember, again, I was getting ready for that that one year anniversary show, so I was like 
my marketing campaign was in full steam trying to pump out any sort of advertisements for this show and get people interested. And, um, you know, it's, it, I was pulling people from LA to come perform too. So it was going to be like a good show. I was really, really excited. I put a lot of work into it. And then um, I think March 17th. No, 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 no. That was the day we went into shutdown. I want to say it was like March 9th was my last show or maybe March 12th. And I remember. I can remember it vividly. March 12th was a Thursday because March 13th yes. was a Friday the 13th. Yes. My March... last show was at Punchline on March the 11th. Okay. On, a, on that Wednesday? On that Wednesday, yep. Yeah, mine was that Thursday. We were doing a brewery show. And I remember it was like right when the news cycle was starting to say maybe people should stay inside. Yeah. And, um, I, I was kind of laughing at that show. I was like, well, now you can tell the, the, which of us comics really have nothing else to live for. Like, we're here. We're ride or die. We're going for it. <laughs> we're riding this thing until the wheels fall off. Yeah. And we had a really fun show, but people were still like, it was right when people were getting uneasy. And then literally everything went away. And it was like the 17th, I think, is when, when San Francisco went into full lockdown. Um, and originally all of the, I had a little bit of inside track having worked at Cobb. So I was like hearing from the employees whether or not they were going to cancel shows. They were postponing them and rescheduling. Um, and so I just had hope that things were going to come back. Uh -huh. I, I, I played quarantine all wrong. I was literally sitting in my apartment twiddling my thumbs like, any minute now we're going to be back out there <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's i remember like at the very beginning i was like mm, the end of march will be good you know thought, yeah three months Every, at most yeah everything's going to be fine by easter you know we're gonna we're gonna ride this out but yep. I, like so at what point did like did it just finally just set in you're like oh fuck well, when we can't when we canceled the show i got really depressed and i was like ah fuck okay this is going to be a thing comedy's going away for a minute um and I was, you know, that's when it like really hit for me is I, I think it hit for everybody when something got taken from them and then it became like, you know, immediately present in your life for a while. It was very ethereal. And you're like, this thing is over there. It's not affecting any of us. Why is it even like a conversation? Mm -hmm. And then it slowly started getting closer and all of us got things taken from us. And here we are. Um, so I'm not going to act like I'm a victim, but that's when I got really bummed. And then May I think is the first time I did another like, uh, well, yeah, May 6th, I did my first Zoom show. That was when Zoom was starting to yeah. creep in. And I had already talked to the comedians about what it was like. And everyone was very upset about Zoom. No one was happy that the comedy was on Zoom. And they kind of told me what to expect. So um, my plan was just to wait it out and not, not participate in that. Just take some time for self-care, work on some writing, some projects. And I felt like Zoom was presenting a, like a lesser version of your comedy. Uh huh. Um, I don't know. I, I just have my own ideals about. That. No, everyone, you're not you're not going against the grain with what you're saying about Zoom. You know, uh, a lot of people were like, "Oh, that's not real comedy. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna belittle yeah. myself to that." But I just said. I'm, I'm what am I above zoom so I, I mean I did one and I'm, gonna, I'm yeah. gonna do it and participate but I did get that feeling and I was like this just isn't how I would want to introduce myself to people for some people it's going to be the first time they see your comedy that way and it's like uh -huh. is this what I want my first impression with them to be yeah um so my buddy was doing like an online music festival he's in the EDM world in publication okay um and so he wanted me to do a, a comedy interlude and originally wanted me to bring talking after sets. Oh, okay. But, but I was like, uh, you know, the, the format is so good live. 
Um, I think I'll, I'll just, you know, maybe get some comics to help out, but probably won't do talking after sets on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Um, ended up no one, no one else wanted to do the Zoom thing. Everyone was <laughs> like, <laughs> Zoom sucks. Um, so I had to do 30 minutes on my own. Oh, it's rough. <laughs> yeah, and I did it in my bathtub, which is the only thing that made it fun. Is I was sitting in my bathtub smoking joints and eating pizza and telling my jokes. And it, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it, it ended up being fun. And like I read the comment thread after because I couldn't see the audience. Uh huh. And there's one one lady was like, oh, you know, it's so fun to not have to be out at a comedy show and, and worry about laughing openly, and I can just like sit back and giggle to myself in my chair. And and so like I think Zoom is for those kinds of people. It's, yeah. And, and I don't say that derogatorily at all. It's just the people that don't necessarily want to go out and put like, because it does, it's a give and take from the comedian and the audience. As far as energy, there is a little bit of participation required when you go out to a live show. Like you got to, you know, get into it, get into the spirit. You got to get dressed up. You got to get dressed. You gotta well, it's, put, it's like yeah. if you go to a concert and then you're just standing there and you're not like swaying or singing to the music, uh-huh. but in your head, you're enjoying it. And I get those people, but usually when you when you're a band and you're playing a show you want to see people swaying in the crowd and singing along and yeah because you feed off that energy yeah yeah so that was my experience with zoom i was i I did it as a favor for a friend and also just to like i wanted to firsthand experience it but i was one and done yeah i i'm not i'm not minding the zoom show so much now um i've i've jumped onto a couple of zoom open mics um Mm -hmm. in the last uh three or four weeks and it's been really cool because it's like like one of them's like like I don't even, they're, they're not in Sacramento so like uh like I finally yeah. did I finally did Pete Munoz's uh open mic you know nice. like like that was something that like I never would have done because it's like on a Monday night like yeah. you know or you can sign up for uh flappers in LA or you there's a a guy in Austin Texas that's running some virtual comedy show with VR headsets so like you can perform all over the country now virtually uh-huh so I don't know. There's, there's, there's uh, definitely pros and cons and there's a whole like, it gets better campaign for zoom where people are like, you know, the longer it d- really does get better. And you yeah. start working on well, your you material. Know, when I talked to Ivy Cordova, she said that how it's really helping her network and just meet mm-hmm. so many new people that like, that was her approach to it. And like how, what well, that's always been her approach to comedy is like to just get out and meet new people. And zoom has really uh, opened that up. So like, um, she approached it just like uh, from the beginning, like I'm just going to tackle this and keep going. And, and uh, like, I think watching her like really made me want to be like, okay, I, I think I could do a couple of these, but yeah. um, what I was looking at your Instagram earlier today, um, I watched this really great video of you playing with this uh, new, uh, uh, oh, what, yeah. what, what, yeah. what's your new toy that you were playing with? <laughs> I got an auto tune. Uh-huh. I was having a good ass time with that. That was like, again, I think, um, around april may um when i had done that that zoom show yeah so it must have been may that i got that thing um i had done the zoom show i was pretty sure i wasn't going to do any more online comedy but i was trying to think of uh just ways that i could have fun riffing at home and and stay sharp and and keep generating content on my own while i'm writing and um i just happened to buy this this autotune on amazon for like 60 bucks and plugged it in and was having a good time with it yeah, dude, it does all kinds of crazy stuff. I really I was cracking up at the uh, when you started doing uh, like uh, the, the voice of the the what they do to the voice when it's somebody like uh, uh, when they conceal their identity. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that now now I just want to make one of those clips where I'm blacked out 
and it doesn't show my face or my name and i'm, I'm just speaking into the microphone like this and and giving my you know testimony maybe it should be a, a i should have plugged it in for this yeah well i i have it uh right right here hold on <laughs> uh do you mind no go ahead let's let's see where we're at on here um pause share screen or share this screen you can see it right oh wait share okay here we go that's what loneliness looks like jesse that's what <laughs> that's what loneliness and isolation looks like oh man yeah i, I don't want to play too much of it because it, it doesn't the the audio is still recording to the microphone so they, they can see the picture really good but the audio comes in kind of low so wonky you don't want to see the full picture yeah. you don't want to see what's going on in my house <laughs> <laughs> i dig your george parlin poster oh thanks dude yeah i've got that one over here i, I um moved home with my folks about a month ago that's like the latest evolution in, in quarantine they say there's nothing like moving home at 26 they say it's a sweet special spice uh-huh <laughs> but, but i gotta but, but I gotta you're not alone in that <laughs> so many no, people yeah. are doing that yeah i know i was actually um I was talking to nikki glazer a while because she moved home with her folks at the beginning of quarantine and i was like ah oh, man if so if if literally someone at the peak of their game in you know how i'm not going to say her age but you know at where that where she's at in life if, if she can do it i can stomach it up i can deal with it you know and it's I'm, I'm acting like i'm some fucking victim but it's it's just living at home and saving up and being with my family but now it's like being my kids or being my my parents kid again you know uh-huh and coming up for dinner every night and being accountable and are you excited about like certain dinners that that, that your mom's preparing? Oh, dude, don't get me wrong. I am gaining weight rapidly being home. All right, I love it, but I have to I have to you know treat that with the appropriate respect. I can only come up like two three times uh-huh. for dinners. Then I'm like, hey, guys, I'm gaining too much weight. So, um, have you been working on any projects, or are you getting any content out? What What are you You got, you got the auto tune. You you're having fun with it. Yeah. So um, that was, I've had. I mean, just in a, a total real capacity, life has been hitting so hard with all this. I mean, on top of the the quarantine, the fires, the economy, politics, all this, you know, fam, everyone is, is at such a, everyone's redlining as far as their patience and, you know, people are just a little on edge. So life has been difficult. I've had some projects that I've been working on and some things have gotten in the way. I wanted to come out with a, a like in the beginning of this, I was trying to do a, just a, a solo podcast like what you're doing and I wanted to call it tell me something good but then yeah, I just you know felt like that'd be apropos and, and something nice and then life got in the way for like two weeks and in those two weeks someone else started the podcast called tell me something good and so I was like all right you know I'm not gonna not gonna steal their name I'm gonna let them have it they got all the emails and the domains and everything those bastards oh man I know so uh that got sidelined that was originally with the the autotune purchase was for, I was just going to have some fun with the podcast. Um, so I put that on the back burner for a little bit. And lately I've just been working on writing. I've been working on some, some scripts and things like bigger projects that I've wanted to get to, but never had the time. And then um, 
the big grind recently has just been like editing clips so I can finally start putting things out and have like an online presence for my comedy as well. Cause I've just had like, you know, pictures of my journey so far and really haven't uploaded anything. I have that one clip on YouTube from like when I first started that I was using to just like, you know, when, when bookers asked for a clip. Right. Right. You uh, gotta have that. Yeah. Yeah. But I had been compiling some footage of performances and I'm trying to like, you know, segment them into, into bits and get all the subtitles in there. That takes forever. Cause I'm a chimpanzee when it comes to technology. Oh man, I I gave up on subtitles. Uh, I looked for like an easy way to do it. Like I yeah. looked for an easy out. There's and, no uh, easy out. There's not. And I'm like, you mean I gotta? Yep. Nah. Yep. No. You gotta sit there frame by frame like a stenographer and yeah. type out your set. Yeah. And I'm, you know the payoff is I have one. I have one clip out now. It looks all right. It like I'm I'm my my own worst critic so i always feel like i could have done more as far as the editing but i just yep. went with something simple put it out there people liked it um so i guess the subtitles are are worth the endeavor i don't know people people will appreciate it they look They're great cool. they look great every time i watch someone's clip and they've got subtitles i'm yeah. like god jess you're just freaking lazy do the yeah, subtitles that's where i was kicking my ass because it's like they appreciate it. they can be at work or while they're on zoom you know doing their meetings they can scroll past it and watch without the sound on and still get a chuckle or whatever yeah um, i think it's just one of those necessary evils something you got to do yeah uh i'm not gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> i don't blame you dude it's taken up all my time i hate it it took it, me like three days to get one uh one clip done yeah um i i'm happy you know when 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 this happened um I just put my podcast to rest because uh, I was up, up to that point. I was recorded in my living room on Saturday mornings, just yeah. like this. Like I'd invite you over, I'd brew some coffee, you know, we, uh, we usually smoke afterwards cause I cannot smoke and then try to interview somebody. Cause then I just do a, uh... Oh dude, I've been on my young Willie Nelson through quarantine. I'm smoking way too much. Really? Brand in season eight. I just light up my eyes roll back. <laughs> I'll be going now. <laughs> I I stopped. Um, I'm taking a break. I'm not gonna say I quit. Nope, not gonna say I quit. I'm taking never quit a, anything. Yeah, I'm taking a break. Um, That's good. Just to try to clear the fog a little bit. Um, and uh, but it's. I think it's gonna end up for me. I think it's gonna end up being like you now. Like some people enjoy a good cigar every once in a while. Yeah, after I a really think, nice dinner. Yeah, I think it's gonna end up being something like on a you know. Friday after work, yeah. I'm just gonna enjoy this, and you know. Um, but I, I don't know, I don't know where I'm at with that right now. So um, I, I'm always in pursuit of the right balance with that too, because I've I've been a heavy stoner pretty much since I started smoking. It's yeah, just, same. It's one of those things, you know. That's that's how most people do it. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, there's always that. I forget what it was in, but there was a, a Richard Pryor line where he was talking to somebody about smoking weed, and he's like, "You got to be careful with that shit. You might wake up and 30 years of your life will have gone by." And that fucks with me all the time. That fucks with me all the time. I think about that. And then since we're talking about George Carlin, he was saying his balance that he found was kind of like what you were saying every once in a while, but he would go and do all of his writing sober. And then um, he would smoke a joint and then go straight back to it. And that uh -huh. was his, his little process is he'd write everything sober and then he would get stoned and look at it through that. Lens. Oh, my dogs. My How many dog. dogs you got? I got two. Well, I had I had one, and then uh, my roommate moved in, and then she moved her dog in too. So now I've got two, <laughs> and uh, one's like a real 
honest to goodness size big dog. And then my dog is like this little chihuahua. And yeah. hey, hold on. Hey, knock it off, both of you. <laughs> oh, look at that respect right away. <laughs> and don't tell your mom I yelled at you. <laughs> <laughs> I tell them that every time. Like, uh, my, my dog is Penelope, and uh, Emily Peterson is my roommate. Nice. And uh, her dog is Elsie. And Elsie is just this big sweetheart of a girl. And if I yell at her, she's like, right oh. away. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, right away. She's like, sorry, Jess. Right. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm like, don't tell your mom I yelled at you. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah i i've been lucky and i um i haven't had any time off like i i stayed working um our job shifted us online um the week before so okay, like yeah. march 9th they told us to go home like i like like march 9th they uh they sent us a an email saying um if you're comfortable working from home why don't you work from home yeah and i was like i don't know and i went into the office and there was no one there. What do you do? And, uh, I work in IT. Uh, okay. I do tech support. Right on. And uh, and I and I went into the office. There was no one there. And like our our manager walked out. And he's like, Jess, did you get the email? <laughs> like, I was what like, are you doing here, dude? I was like, yeah. It said if you want to stay home, you can stay home. But and he's like, yeah. Why don't you go home? <laughs> I was like, yeah. All right. That's the last I've seen of the office. <laughs> Yeah, that was my pops. He got that same email, and then he has literally been home since March. Yeah, which I, I, you know, I was going crazy. Um, I can't even imagine. He's got like one trip to Safeway a week, and then besides that, he's just home all the time. I, I did that the first two or three. I did that probably the first two months. Um, I was going out once a week. Yep. At the, the at the very beginning, I was going out one, once every two weeks, mm -hmm. and just buying enough stuff to not have to leave. Same. Um, but now uh, I just, I only go to Trader Joe's uh -huh. and uh, I probably go three to four times a week. I go, I get an hour for lunch and it's 10 minutes away. So that's, that's, that's my, my, uh, that's my social hour, you yeah, know, yeah. just that little uh, out during the day. Yeah. Yeah. Just are you, are you going out and miking or, or doing any live shows? I haven't done any shows, um, but I finally started, uh, Last night I did like my third outdoor open mic, uh -huh. and uh, uh, last night it was at Vince's Pizza. Okay. And so they do it out in the parking lot, and they've nice. got the outdoor dining set up in the parking lot. Um, right I've been taking my own microphone just because I'm an extra spaz. Yeah. And uh, last night was the first time I felt like I had a solid set. Um, I did about eight minutes, um, all new material. Uh, just uh, some stuff I had written down and other stuff I just ripped mm -hmm. and it felt great and uh, I recorded it uh, yeah I recorded the, I recorded all of my sets the audio yeah you gotta and uh, I I listened to it on uh, when I got home and I, I'm pretty happy with it uh, I think it's something I could build a solid 10 minutes off of um, and then add to the stuff that I had pre-COVID what about you have you been doing stuff well I, I'll say one thing uh, before what I've been doing. Um, I wish someone had told me this when I was like uh, 12, 14 months in rather than just starting to do it now. But I was the same way I would audio record all my sets and then just stick my phone in my pocket or on the stool or wherever. Yep. Um, start video recording as much as you can. Um, it's a bitch because finding the space for everything, like I was all constantly running out of space on my phone and my computer and everything. But if you can get an external hard drive and start 
getting all that together. It's going to be really important for when you want to put clips together, but also like, like you said, some of that stuff that you said last night wasn't planned and was just off the top. And you want to make sure that you capture those, um, not just in audio, but when you look at the film too, you start to really dissect your physicality on stage. Yes. Um, I used to be so like reserved and in, and I feel like it was really when I started seeing that on footage that I realized it. Cause I like, you know, you know, you don't see yourself when you're up there. You think that you're engaging as much as possible. Yep. But when you look at it on film, you're like, Oh wait, why am I looking down there? Or why am I not facing the crowd? Or why am I not like animating this bit? And that's, yeah. that's when you start to like really add in act outs too. And it takes on a whole nother element of performance art and you're, not just thinking about the words that you're saying, but also how you're delivering them. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've heard a lot, a lot of comics say that, um, that you, hold on, my dog wants to come up. No worries, get him. What's he doing? And right back to sleep. <laughs> right back in there. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine how warm and cozy that must be, though. She, That's she, the spot, dude. Yeah, she's out. <laughs> now she's like, like she's hanging over the chair and just looking out she's yep. chilling she's got the lookout spot and all the warmth yeah yeah so what is, so you've been going out um so at, at first i was doing nothing and, and just staying home and like you said i would go out and like do my once every two weeks to safeway and stock up and i was just going crazy in my apartment in sf um but i i did do one outdoor show in may I went to uh, the Pink Martini in Rockland. Oh, yeah. Marcus Mangham uh, is producing that and did a great job. Uh, that was like the biggest audience I've had since COVID has set in. Still, that show was like the biggest one. It was a lot of fun. Um, it all kind of like, I remember I was there with Paul Conyers. I don't know if you know him. Um, yep. Barrier Cat, big tall guy. And uh, we were both so fucking nervous because we we're like, man, it's been like 90 days. Do I remember any of my like, I remember it was so so cute and adorable that it was only 90 days back then but um but we went up and it all came came right back like riding a bike and had some of those riffing moments and that connection with the crowd that I was missing so much um so that was really fun and valuable I didn't go out to any mic actually I did go to one outdoor mic I went to one outdoor mic after that in Oakland um not the Lake Merritt one but they were doing a, a different park one and then recently, um, some more outdoor shows are starting to come back to, you know, my corner of the Bay Area. And I went and did Sally Tomatoes. I'm not sure if you met Kayla Keller, but she's starting to book that now. And they have a little outdoor thing. Mm -hmm. um, it was a lot of fun. It's so interesting with the outdoor setups, people are still kind of figuring out the configuration. And since everything has to be socially distant and compliant in that way, um, it's so anti the the traditional comedy mentality of getting everybody as close to you as possible as close to each yeah. other as possible like i went to um the sally tomato show and it was like they were like 20 yards away from the stage the first row uh -huh. and then even from there they were all spread out into this like big backyard expanse and there was a fire pit and everything and so it's like everyone's there and they're listening in their own little pockets and laughing but it's outdoors and, you know um did you ever perform at Cobb's? no no or, or come hang out for the open mic there no no never made it there oh dude when we come back we got to make sure we make that happen because that room was really fun but also really brutal it was another one of those rooms where you don't always like if it's a, if it's a packed out show you're gonna crush like you hope you're gonna crush but uh -huh. um if it's like 
kind of spattering attendance and and not full you will feel it because it's like deep and tall and cavernous you just feel the jokes drop <laughs> oh yeah um i remember i did a, a show with uh i think it was uh tony woods one time in dc and he was we were in a subway tunnel and he's like man i keep telling all these jokes and i feel like the laughter is just going that or like the jokes are going that way and you guys are this way so i forget how he worded it but it was it was like that it's like you just feel it uh-huh and that's kind of like what some outdoor shows are like now the acoustics are a little off the people are a little far away uh, um and they're used to watching their tvs so they're not like audibly engaging as much uh-huh. But um, I did Janesh and Marty's show in San Francisco last night. And we discovered that people are like really hungry for crowd work right now. We think that was like our way of cracking the case of, of uh, post quarantine live comedy. When people are returning, they're used to sitting and listening and watching like they're watching the TV. Yeah. So if you kind of play with them and, and ruffle them up with crowd work, they start to engage a little more. And I think that's what people are hungry for anywhere because they're there for the same reason we are they just want to interact with some people that you know that you bring up a really good point um last night at the at the open mic um mm-hmm. uh our buddy danny d mm-hmm. she she did like she i think she did about 10 minutes but like seven of it was crowd work yeah and she just started leaning in she found somebody in the audience that was like that was just as giving and they were eating it up and, yeah. and she crashed and and uh the uh another guy did a lot of crowd work too and it's uh, the audience was really receptive to that and uh i didn't do so much crowd work but i could tell like the little bit that i did they they were they were ready for it you know yeah Um, yeah you're right everyone just wants to interact and engage and just like just see a face that doesn't have a freaking mask on you know 100 percent um but that uh that show out in Rockland, man, that is a great crowd. The Pink Martini show that uh, Marcus Mangum is running. Yeah. Like, yeah, they got them doing two a month now. It was a monthly show. I know, dude. It was so funny. Um, when I did that show, I was laughing with Paul because the owner of the Pink Martini was, like, chasing Marcus around the crowd and following him like a puppy dog all night and was, like, in his ear. He's like, you know, man, we could do this. We could do this two times a week. We could do this every night if you wanted to. <laughs> And it was like, I had never seen that kind of mentality from a venue owner to a comedian. You know, usually that's the other way around. The comedians yeah. the owner like, hey man, you know, I, I could bring people every night if you want to. Like I, I could boost numbers if you want. I could do anything, really, anything that you want to do. And here it's the other way around and this guy is just in Marcus's pocket. So he's got a, a great setup there. And it's nice to see that, um, or hopefully at least venue owners are, are going to be um, excited about the comedy community again and bringing people in. Um, yeah. You know who else is doing something really great? Um, I think it's really innovative and, and pushing the envelope and kind of taking it to the next step is uh, here in Sacramento, Laughs Unlimited is doing, yeah. uh, you know what Sacramento I'm talking about? Disco. Yeah, it's the, and you know, a couple, I've been to a couple of music festivals where I've like walked by and seen the silent disco going on. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Like you just see people just like, and there's like no, you can't hear anything. And, and I used to do um, them in my college sometime. Yeah, and those those are super cool looking, but um, everyone that I've seen that has done that set, um, they, they, it was going pretty good, and then this stinking air quality hit, and uh, and they they got they got a, a couple of them canceled, but it looks like they're like they're back up, and the great thing about laughs is like they've already got they, they already had like their core set of comics that kind of yeah. rotate in and out of there, a um, r- bunch of killers, you know bunch of local local area guys and gals 
And uh, what's her name? Jenny Cantrell. Is that her name? She, the, the owner. The owner. Yeah. 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 That I really admire that, like that, that next step they took to not only take it outside, which is what everyone has been told to do is to take it outside, but to um, adapt and find a way. So my hat's off to, to the pink martini and the laps unlimited for um, finding new ways. Well, what's interesting is that I think it's going to be a lot of these um, privately owned businesses and clubs that are going to be, uh, for better or for worse, they're going to have the burden of being the first movers and all this and bringing comedy back right. uh, because the big clubs that are owned by like Levity Live and Live Nation and um, they, they are so shackled by like state regulations and um, just particularly like the, um, the permits that they have for their specific buildings. Like uh, for a while, it was a lot of the verbiage in LA about having live performance, like at the comedy store, they couldn't even have people on the patio and, and, and things like that. And, and like Cobbs has been shut down. Punchline has been shut down forever. Um, so these bigger clubs are kind of just in limbo. And meanwhile, we get people like Jenny at laughs. And uh, I don't know if you've been seeing this guy starting a club in Alameda. No, he's been posting on bacon about um, starting his own club. And I think they just did their first kind of pre-show last night before their grand opening where he had uh -huh. a small live audience and then also live stream to zoom and, and Facebook and whatever. Oh, um, I, I did hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, people are, are making moves. And I, like you said, I have the utmost respect for people like Jenny who um, are staying open and, and pushing the boundaries safely um and giving these killers that you said are, are her stable of comics giving them work because so many yeah. of us are just fucking out of work forever yeah it's 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 been uh a lot a lot of fun to to watch and and really inspiring to watch too yeah even like i had to like well i took a i, I started talking about the podcast for a minute and how uh, i just i just put it to rest for a little while because um oh, i was yes. Yeah, I wasn't gonna have uh, people in the house, and and but then like um, I got to the point where I I needed to stay creative and I needed to uh, to keep writing. Edge. Yeah, and I just missed uh, talking to people, you know. Yeah. And so it's what's been really good about this is that like uh, you know because we're doing it via Zoom now, like I was able to have Ivy Cordova on, I was able to have Coral Best on right? Mm. I'm able to have you on and to coordinate these types of guests in the past, it would have taken, you know, weeks, months to like, oh, when are you going to be in town? The logistics and, of travel and all that. And yeah. And now not everyone is so uh, accessible. Yeah. And not only like, when are you going to be in town, but like, are you going to be, are you going to have extra time? Because like yeah. a lot of times when the, when the comics come in from, from the Bay, they drive up after work. Mm -hmm. And they they do the show and then they drive back the same night. So, yeah. um, one something I, I wanted to try, I was gonna try to um, set up like um, at at a show and like interview somebody like mobile, like after their show, uh, like in the in a back room or or in the back corner of the bar. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna try doing that. That was gonna be something I was gonna reach out to somebody here locally. But um, that I was gonna ask like the week of the the lockdown. Do you um, have a a Zoom? Do you know what those are? Uh, no, tell me about it. So um, they're like a little audio recorder. It looks like they're about like this big. It's a little bit bigger than a phone, 
Um, and then it'll have like two little antennas at the top um, uh -huh. that are like big round steel antennas that are um, the actual mics on the thing. But it's a it's a portable recording uh -huh. system, and also it's a like a little audio interface so you can plug a mic directly into it some of them have two mic lines some of them have up to four mic lines okay um and so you just plug the mics directly in uh sd card to save all the files right headphone ports for everybody and so it's like a, a mobile broadcasting station essentially or like a, a little mini recording studio uh-huh i think they're Ooh. like um two three hundred bucks but if you're uh oh no you're, you're still working but yeah say if you're on that that unemployment and government funded uh-huh. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very lucky to still be working. And that sounds like a solid investment. Yeah, for on-the-go podcasting and, and recording. And also, it's just, it will grab the best quality audio recording of your sets. Uh -huh. And if you have someone that you're going to a show with it, uh, you know, we'll watch over it for you. You can sit it in the back of the room. So it'll catch your voice coming forward and also the audience. and Or you can, like, even plan it somewhere in the middle of the audience so it gets really good, like, crowd volume. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. No, I'm definitely going to, I'll look into that for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. What do you, what do you want to, what do you want to do in the next few months? What do you think you're going to, what do you think you're going to keep yourself busy with? Um, well, it's nice to know that some outdoor shows are coming back. Um, so like I, I just did this one last night and they're doing another uh, brunch show tomorrow. So I'm going to go do a, a guest spot on that. Great. And just try to keep writing and grinding and working on, um, like I said, some of these scripts and other longer projects, keep editing these bits. Um, I'd like to get an outdoor show going down here. I'm living with my folks in Burlingame, which is like 20, 30 minutes south of the city. Uh -huh. so unfortunately, even further from you. But uh -huh. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> right by San Francisco airport, um, we have some family friends that have a, a restaurant on a golf course. And I'm wondering if I can talk to... Um, the woman that owns it and and see if we can use her her parking lot space as a little right. thing yeah um but yeah i'm gonna try to look for some venues something in the area just to help contribute to bringing things back safely right and to just get back into the the whole planning right. the rhythm and and right what do you um if you don't mind talking about what what kind of material are you doing right now did you did you write material or, or are you seeing a covid related material or is it like uh, is it post-covid pre-COVID, during COVID, what, what are the topics people are talking about? So I like, I love crowdsourcing and asking people about the kind of jokes that they want to hear. Uh -huh. And uh, when all this was starting, I would get a lot of questions about like, are you doing any COVID jokes? And then I would give people different answers just to see what they would say and how they felt about it. So some <laughs> people I would say, yes, I am. And then some people I would say, no, I'm not doing any COVID jokes. No one wants to talk about that. Uh -huh. And for the people I would say, yes, I am, they'd be like, oh, good luck. And the people I would say, no, I'm not. They'd be like, yeah, no one wants to talk about that right now. Uh -huh. So I've kind of found it. I have one, uh, a couple little COVID anecdotes. I'll say. Yeah. That. Okay. I've, I got that. I get you. I've added on or kind of sutured into old jokes. Mm -hmm. um, my, my one joke about Zoom comedy is that I just, it's awful. And I feel like a cam girl, you know, you're sitting there with, with absolutely nothing from the audience. You're just like, is it, do you like this? Is it this? Is it that? Yeah. And it's just your cat in the back going, no, no, they don't. No, they don't like this at all. Put your shirt back on. This is embarrassing. I feel like a cam girl and there's like a, a tear just slowly coming, coming yeah. down. And it's just my parents in the audience and they're donating heavily. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing a, a, a little bit of COVID humor and yeah. uh, kind of just like, like timely stuff. But 
definitely I've always stayed away from politics and uh, yeah. and and all of that stuff because man, you want to you want to divide a room real quick. Just do. Oh, I know. That was when I went up to did that Pink Martini show. Um, it was right in the midst of all the riots, and uh, you know I'm not a, a particular fan of Trump myself. Uh-huh. So I, I was going to go out and do some, some Trump bashing, some good old Trump bashing <laughs> and, and had some fun jokes. And I, I thank God I asked the people beforehand. I was like, are we, how are we politically? Are we Trump people? And everyone's like, yeah. And I was like, all right, well, fucking. You're all, gonna, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time for a different joke. Where are my weed people at? <laughs> Who's smoking weed tonight? Yeah. Yeah. You could always win an audience over with weed jokes, man. Every, everyone, like you find some closet weed smokers in any, every audience, you know? Yeah, I just, I don't even want to touch all the politics right now. I do too much debating and, uh, you know, all that at home, try, trying to, to work on everybody here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it really wasn't until last night, actually, at the show. Uh, J- you know James Mawara? No, no. He's a very, very funny Barry cat. He was actually the, the last person passed by the San Francisco punchline before it closed down. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure it's officially closed down, but I mean, since it closed its doors for COVID. Right, right. Um, but he was headlining uh, the show last night and had some very funny Joe Biden bits. And that was like the first time I had been in the back of my mind thinking, ah, maybe I could get a little bit political and talk about it just because the characters are, are so funny and it's just such an absurd state of things but um i don't know i i think i think biden is a much safer target than trump uh yeah yeah but then it's like you don't want to you don't want to lend any credence or give the enemy any <laughs> you know i don't know i'm not I gonna I, I think at this point people are pretty much have made up their mind like which way they're voting or which way they're gonna go so I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I just, I just stay away from it. Um, I like to educate myself politically and stay informed. Um, but when it comes to comedy, it just in my gut, I, I have this feeling that no one wants to get their political ideas or opinions from a 26 year old stoner, <laughs> you know, like, I, you know, I'll make you laugh, but you don't, you're not coming to me on CSNBC. I'm not debating, you know, Bill O'Reilly on Fox. Like, yeah, yeah. Not that guy. Yeah, Maybe that's later not in my career when I earn it. Yeah, that that's definitely not for, not for me right now either. Uh, I'll stay away from that. But yeah. I don't. I'm okay with uh, with some some COVID humor um, and some 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 timeliness and some Zoom humor. Um, yeah. I was it was funny the other day. I was I finally took a I took like three days off from work, mm-hmm. and uh, before before you leave, like you got to set up your out of office email, you know. Yep. And, I, and I had like a, I have a standard template where I just changed the dates. And I said, like, I will be out of office. I was like, wait, I will be out of kitchen. I will be, I will, yeah. <laughs> I will be out of kitchen for the next four days. Uh, returning in the dining room from four to five. Yeah. I, but it's, it's definitely some crazy time. <laughs> and um, it's, it's cool. And it's inspiring to see people adapting and, um, yeah, yeah. Also to know that like I wasn't alone in the struggle at the beginning of like getting getting really down in the dumps and not even wanting to like you know when I took down all my podcast equipment because it was in my living room like my like there was a corner of my living room that was just like the podcast studio yeah you know and it's and, a corner of your heart that that's that's that podcast studio yeah when I took it down and like walking in and just not seeing it in the living room well first yeah, walking man. in and seeing it in the living room and just 
Yeah, but um, I'm glad that uh, I got it going again, and I'm glad that uh, you know. Oh yeah, people. Thank are, you for having me, dude. No, thanks. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, uh, it's, it's just so it's just so great to to talk to people again, and and like I said, yeah, like you and I, like we're not best friends. We didn't go to high school together, you know. I'm not not gonna be the best man in your wedding, but dude, we had some fucking fun that night at Touching Absolutely. Cross. And uh, we had a talking after sets and having you on and, and this is, yeah. you know, the comedy community. This is how we all come together. This, by this staying how... in touch and checking on each other. And I appreciate you checking in with me. Yeah, no, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. And, and uh, I, I, I look forward to seeing whatever you do next because you've got a positive attitude. You got a great smile and you got some pretty hair. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it cut, Jesse. I promise. I, I don't know. I just always tease about people's haircut. Get a haircut. I just love saying that to people. Get a haircut. Get a haircut, dude. Get yeah. that shit off. It sounds like such a such an old timer thing to sell, to tell somebody. Get a haircut. Yeah. yeah. Get a haircut. Pull your pants up. Yeah. <laughs> dude, speaking of pants. <laughs> I was gonna I've been wearing uh basketball shorts and sweats for the last mm. since March. Yeah, for the last since March. <laughs> I haven't put on a pair of jeans since probably March 13th. And uh, yeah, same last Three night times, only shows last night when I was going to go to the, when I was going to go to the open mic, I was like, eh, let me put on some jeans. Right. Yeah. I couldn't find my fucking belt. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't uh, find my belt. And I was like, Oh, fuck it. I just wore my basketball <laughs> shorts. So uh, I was hoping somebody would ask me to do a show soon, but I I got to go buy a belt first or, or find my belt. I can't. You got to you got to show up with some pants. That's a prerequisite for comedy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I've been doing my open mics and basketball shorts because I'm just like fuck it. Yeah. Uh, but last night I was gonna wear jeans, and the jeans idea got scratched because I could not find a belt. <laughs> uh, oh. All right, Austin, I'll let you get back to your day. I'll let you finish your coffee. Have you had breakfast yet? No, I, I, usually I'm like an intermittent faster, so I'll eat around like um, like one or two. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've been doing the intermittent fasting too. Um, but I, so I'll have dinner at six mm -hmm. and then I try to have breakfast at 10. Nice. Which will be, I think that's 16 hours. And um, that's a good window. Yeah, and it's 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 really been working for me. It's uh, I've dropped a ton of weight in the last eighteen months, and no, you uh, look good. Oh, thanks, man. And that's why you need the belt. You got to get another it, one. That's what it was too. I was like, uh, I almost like just did a shoelace. <laughs> like, yeah, I've I've done that skateboarder style. Um, got it sometimes. Yeah, I almost did a shoelace, but I've been doing the intermittent fasting. And the other thing that's been working for me, man, is a, a gallon of water every day. A gallon I'm of water. To drink a shit ton of water. I used to get all my water from coffee, and I'm trying to be better about that. Uh -huh. <laughs> I still, I love my coffee. Are you a coffee drinker? I, I dude, dude, I'm an addict. No, I'll just man. say it. I have a problem. I the what the one of the best things about being home is like I have time to do the French press again. You know, so uh, I started making my own cold brew, and that was fucking next level at home. Oh, you're the second person I've said. I'm you're the second person I've heard this week preach cold brew the um, first the first one that you tap to when you make it will be the strongest cup of coffee you've ever had like nuclear so just plan accordingly because <laughs> you would get shit done oh man all right i'm gonna look into that uh but man, i don't know i'm not it's starting to get cooler so, yeah so um, that's you got the french press yeah i i love my french press and i, I love going and finding uh, new beans 
Hell yeah. Grinding them up and, uh, and uh, yeah, enjoying a good cup of coffee. Oh, Austin, yeah. Car- Austin Carr, thank you very much. Thank I you, can't Justin. wait for talking after sets to get back up and going again. But between now and then, uh, to see what what your 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 genius morphs into the next thing, uh, just work hard, man. That's that's all we can do, dude. Thanks, man. I will. Look all right, take care, buddy. I'll see you around. All right, thanks, Austin. on